So I started importing CDs at triple the price because this is before internet, y'all. I told you, I'm, I'm older than the internet. to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right, Jessica, I've hit the, the record button. So my guest today is Jessica Lynn Whitty. Thank you for being here on our show. I'm really, this is going to be fun for me. I hope it'll be fun for you and the listeners, but for me, it's what counts. <laughs> so Jessica, welcome. And why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. I really I appreciate it. I love doing these things. Um, my name is Jessica Lynn Weedy. I, uh, I'm a country artist from the Pacific Northwest, living in Washington State. And um, uh, well, I guess that's it. There we go. Oh, okay. And thank you. <laughs> Everyone will be back next week. Okay. <laughs> it's a great there, story. I'm sticking yeah. to it. <laughs> there we go. But there's more to that. So this is a confusing thing I have. Okay. How did you hear, how, how were you exposed to country music because you did not grow up in the United States True. and in my limited view of the world, country music's only listened to within the United States. And I know that's not true, but how did you get, how did you get exposed to, to this and what, why did it resonate with you? Mm, Okay. So I grew up in Denmark and, uh, you are absolutely correct. Denmark is not a place that country music is listened to, uh, like like at all. Uh, I would say when I moved over, I told my mom, "Hey, mom, do you know who's headlining the stage that day? Tim McGraw." I'm all excited, and she's like, "Who?" <laughs> That's I mean to that le- that level. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, no country music. I was homesick from school. I was about twelve, I think, thirteen maybe. 11 maybe who knows i can't remember very well getting old um and uh and i'm homesick from school and um we have this the 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 cable network of my little town is just kind of like they try out some channels every once in a while and they were trying on cmt and i put that on and i was listening to it i had nothing better to do so i'm just you know listening to it and faith hills wild one kept playing because it was right around that time and i just fell in love i was like she's singing about me and uh and that just that was to me was just like boom fell in love with country music learned all the songs that were on at that time and then they took the channel away again and then now my scope my 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 whole life's purpose was gathering this great amazing genre that i had never heard of before so i started importing cds at triple the price because this is before internet y'all i'm i told you i'm I'm older than the internet and uh <laughs> and uh and so i started doing like when i visited my so my dad lives over here in the states and he when we went to the mall he'd drop us off my sisters would go to like the clothes stores and i went to the record store and found every country album i could find Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how that evolved. Uh, it was true love. Love it. Love at first uh, pedal steel, I would say. 
Okay, so you you mentioned Faith Hill. Yeah. What other performers were kind of the early inspiration for you? Hmm. So at that time, it was John Michael Montgomery. And God, I loved him. And I mean, Garth Brooks kind of was already so established that he didn't actually run any hits at that time. I'm sure he did, but... I didn't, I didn't focus so much on Garth Brooks. He seemed to not be like what was new and hip at that time. Um, Reba, love Reba. I even went back and bought her entire catalog. We're talking 76 and onward, like all of it. Um, Martina McBride, big Martina McBride fan. Um, yeah, those were, that's kind of that time for talking 90s, okay. mid 90s, early mid 90s. So through your career, have you, have you ever, been, I don't know if lucky is not the right word, but have you ever met any of these performers in person? And like, have you ever met Reba? Let's say. No, I have not met Reba. Um, I haven't met any of those people, but but I've opened for some big acts. I've met mm-hmm. Trace Atkins, and I, I was singing hairbrush singing side states to Diamond Rio. I mean. <laughs> I've had some great moments. I haven't met the people that actually got me into it, except I have met the songwriters. Okay. And so my biggest hero songwriter in the whole wide world is Gary Burr. And he's, he had, I think three, four cuts on Faith Hill's first album. So when I was listening to that album over and over again, I just, the songs that I love the most, I turned the CD around CDs, y'all. Turn the CD around, and there it says Burr, 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 everywhere, right? And I'm like, God, this guy can really write songs. So I started looking up what other songs he'd written, and so I started chasing music that way okay, uh, through a songwriter. And that's hard to do when you don't have Wikipedia, I'm saying. You know, it was uh, it was, it was was uh, library time, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, so back in... Right before the pandemic, I got to, well, actually back in, in 15, I got to sit down with Gary Burr and he, um, we had coffee and he looked over my first, my first, the first EP I took to Nashville and kind of gave me feedback on my songs, which was a oh, hero moment. Um, and then later on, I opened for him in Georgia at a house concert in Nashville and got to hang out with him a little bit. They're super, super sweet people. And very, very good songwriters. Also turns out a whole lot of the songs that I loved in the interim were written by Georgia, <laughs> of course. Okay. And I didn't even know that because you don't like, I don't always look up what songwriters who wrote what, you know? So. So when you told him your story that you, <laughs> did, he, did he chuckle about the, or your origin story or. You know? he, was, he was actually more creeped out. He just thought oh. I was like a creeper fan. <laughs> Oh, oh! Okay. You're creeping me out right now. Sorry, okay. you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was I'll, just I'll, chuck- I'll, he was chuckling. He was chuckling. Uh, Gary, Gary's funny though because even though I don't know how many Danish country singer artists fans he has, but he doesn't seem to remember me every time I meet him. And Georgia goes, "Remember, this is Jessica. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's my new hero." <laughs> that's, that's funny. It is funny. It's I, you know, I it's, I don't blame him. I can't imagine how many people he meets. <laughs> you know, it's like I have to remember everybody. No, it's not happening. So right. grace, yeah, sure grace for that one. 
I'm sure you don't remember everybody you've met either. So, or, you know, oh, I've had those moments myself. Yes. You know, like, yes. Um, <laughs> looking for somebody to like whisper in your ear. Oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah. My band members know that part of their job is to help me remember who people are. Um, that's, it's just, it's a thing. <laughs> was that, was that part of the, uh, the, when they tried out, they, you, you gave them photos of people and say, who is this? And, <laughs> I know yeah. so much that you could play. I want you to remember this face so that you can tell me in, in three days. It's more of a tactic. If I, if I say, hi, you know, and I don't um, in, introduce them, they come over and say, and then I get the name and then I use the name going forward. So. Perfect. That's it's actually a, very it, smart. It is. And we, we, Ray and I do it too. And it's, it's just, you know, I recognize faces. I really do. I just don't remember names and I can't always put into context where I know the face from. So when people are like, when, when you're an artist, there's no way at some point you change somebody's life and it may have been a life changing experience for them. And just like one moment in time for you. It was Tuesday on a stage for you on the second set. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. At at a bar I've played at 400 times. So which one was it again? <laughs> you know. So it's it's you know, it's understandable that you go you get to that point. But it is I really I try my very best to remember people, but I also have a fail safe knowing that the people around me want to help carry me through and and want to not hurt these people's feelings. This is very important. Right? I think that's because, awesome because I'm bad with names too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I I think I'm gonna steal your idea and do it. Yeah, I'm do gonna, it. We call it wingman, wingmanning. wingmanning. <laughs> it's a wingman situation for sure. So you started off watching and listening to CMT and then bootleg CDs, if you will, or you know, not bootleg, but you're imported. Impo- it was imported full on, CDs. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's full on full price. I'm telling you. But when you, but when you came back to the States, you'd go to the mall and go to whatever are the record, record store. There's not record stores at the mall anymore. That's, that's so weird, but there um, was, yeah, I know. I'm trying to yeah. think who they were though. It's like, is it Sam Goody? I didn't even look I, at that. All I yeah. saw was the full life size cardboard cutout of John Michael Montgomery. I'm telling okay. you, that's where and I'm you, going. And did you try <laughs> to take that home with you? And did you get stopped at the tour of the store? I did. And I, and yeah. I did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so Am I derailing you? <laughs> well, in a great way. Good. So when did you start performing? Oh, uh, are we counting when I was running up as a five-year-old running up and down the aisle of an airplane asking people if I could sing for them? Or when did I start performing like for, with permission? Oh, permission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a, a good answer to that question would be: I started performing a little bit in Copenhagen. Um, I never performed as a child or as a young per- young adult because um, my strict religious upbringing just was not combinable with that, and I still was trying to fit into that world. Okay. Um, so when I was twenty eight, I remember. F- feeling well i was very unhappy for various reasons which i'm sure we'll get into but um i tried to think back to when i was last happy and a picture 
came in my mind of being in the school choir. Okay. We're talking elementary school. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Wow. That long ago. Since you were happy. So I joined a choir. Oh, and I started seeing gospel music in Copenhagen. Believe it or not, there's more gospel music than there's country. I was Um, about to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I joined another gospel. I had two gospel choirs going at the same time because I I got hungry. I just could not get enough. I worked on my voice. I worked on technique because I started getting hoarse and like trying to figure out like, how do you do that without, you know, damaging your vocal cords. And, um, joined a couple cover bands as it went on. And finally I just had to admit that my first and true love is country music. And there's no way I can make a career of that here, like in Denmark, that mm-hmm. was just not happening. So uh, I decided to move to the States. I've always been a dual citizen. So that's an easier choice than for most people. It's very, very hard to move either from the States to Europe or from Europe to the States. Yes. So, Yes, I understand. So, my daughter, my daughter yeah. lives in Austria, so I get the. You, oh, you know, yeah, because I had a friend come with me who's been singing with me in my band and Sirka, and she's an amazing singer, and she visited me over here, and was really wanting to move here and could not figure like it just was not happening. There's just no way they give you any visas unless you're married, pretty much. Luckily, so she did, did find someone. When- <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you moved uh, to the States, did you move to Washington or? Yep. Okay. It was actually going to be a stepping stone to moving to Nashville because that's where I figured I belong. And, okay. and I do to a degree. I spent a lot of time there, I will say. Um, but uh, I moved, I basically moved in with my dad for three months until I found a job. It's kind of weird to move here without any history. Because, you know, you look up a credit history of a 30-year-old person, there should be something, right? It's kind of a red flag when there isn't anything. So, like, that's kind of, that was kind of weird. And, and um, but but I got, I you know, I found a, a day job and I, I established myself. I lived in Seattle for the first uh, few years. And, yeah. And then when I met Ray, like, I was 13. So, I'd been here for three years before I met Ray, my husband. And... We and I, and I moved down to Tacoma, so and I've been there ever since. So, what was your day job when you got started in Seattle? Oh, I first I was teaching yoga because I'm okay. a yoga teacher, yeah. And so I was teaching a couple of yoga classes, but it wasn't really. I realized that if you have to be a yoga, if you want to be a yoga teacher in Seattle, you have to promote yourself, and okay. it's your job to get people into those classes. Well, if I'm going to promote that and music. That's too much promoting. So I decided I needed to do something else. So I tried for everything. And uh, my background was in business development sales for like the, like basically for telecommunications. Okay. But back in Denmark, that's what I was doing when I wasn't doing music. And I got into business development for a temp agency up in Seattle. And they were super sweet and cool. I was temping for them at first. And then they were like, wow you should come work here in the office. And I did for a while. Okay. And then I was a graphic artist after that. I've moved around a little bit. Being a graphic artist was the best day job for me because it's creative. I have a background like in multimedia design, but, but you know, and, and I, I didn't burn out on it like I did on sales. So. Okay. 
And then you moved to Tacoma. Then I moved to Tacoma. And I had a, for a stint, I had the uh, Live It Out Loud program through Ted Brown Music, which is okay. a, a name most people in Washington know. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Ted, Ted Brown Music uh, had me as the director for the Live It Out Loud program, which is for 12 to 18-year-olds to try what it's like to be in a band and be a professional musician. So that yeah. was kind of fun, tied into what I'm doing, and I could teach them a lot, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So that was fun. <coughs> Sorry, my plethora of day jobs. Plethora of day jobs. But mm -hmm. then... So just bouncing around. So bouncing around. we're going to break the rules for you because uh -oh. Nashville like isn't Washington state, but Nashville Ooh, is. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with Nashville. So, <laughs> so why, why Nashville? Why not create music in Tacoma? Is, is Nashville really not to sound, well, I don't know. So is Nashville really the, the spot, the only spot? Well, and see, that's, the big debate right now, isn't it? Because like I said, it was supposed to be a stepping stone, but guess what? I never moved. So mm -hmm. why didn't I move? Because I'm actually a believer that you can create whatever music you want anywhere. And especially now, I mean, if the pandemic showed us anything is that you can do anything from anywhere. You, right. you can work from home. Guess what? It actually is a thing that people do, you know? So right. <laughs> like the whole world kind of had to get onto this online platform and figure out ways to, to make their lives work without being in a certain spot. And I think that is true for, um, for Nashville as well. Like Nashville is the hub of the kind of country music that I make. And so yeah. one, I, I have a studio there that I work with and produce my music at, and I love it. And they do exactly what I want them to do. So I found the sound that I wanted there that I couldn't find here. I did try and chase it down here, but it's too much work unless you, I, you know, I haven't actually had a national producer do anything here, but again, you, know, you have the musicians there, they're all there, you know? So my music always, almost always gets produced there. Okay. Um, my agent, is in Nashville. My publicist is in Nashville. So all my people are in Nashville. Hence I spent a lot of time there. And, um, <clears throat> there's one thing about Nashville, the Seattle area, whatever this corner up here doesn't have, and it's accessibility to the rest of, to a, a, a huge scene around it. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> from Nashville, it's like four or five hours to drive anywhere. That's true. That's, you know, that's true. under eight hours, you get anywhere that side of the Rockies. And I have to actually jump over the Rockies to even start, right? <laughs> so, uh, so we have been talking about planning some tours for me out of Nashville. And then I start there and I do my tours and use Nashville as a, as a home base for that. So there's, so that, that. that's the, one of the reasons why Nashville is where it is. Okay. Is because it's a great spot to tour from. Okay, if you so go any further north, it's too far to get to Florida. You know, if you go any farther south, it's too far to get up to Maine and wherever you want to go. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you two questions about Nashville that you weren't okay. prepared for. Okay. Number one, as a performer, where, where's a great room? None of us will know. None of us listen to this unless, well, just because it's about Washington state doesn't mean that people are listening to it just in Washington, but where's a great venue to play in Nashville with all those, Ooh. that historic nature of that city. As I understand it, 
I mean, I still have venues that I want to play. And okay. of course, there's there's always the Bluebird Cafe. That's like a staple. It's one of those places where a lot of people got discovered back in the day, back when that's yeah. the, the way you did it. And mm-hmm. um, I, the listening room is, is also a stage I would like to be on. Um, it's not as nice of any to watch music at anymore. And then Third and Lindsley. Those are like my three favorite, like the three that I haven't played yet that I would love to play. And then I've seen amazing shows at. So, okay. Are you a coffee drinker? Yes. Where's a great place to get a cup of coffee in Nashville? Mm. I forget what it's called, but it's down by the river and the, and it's kind of like got a Portland feel to it. I can't remember what it's called though. Like Luna something. Luna something. Um, well, that's, something kind of a Portland, yeah. that's kind of a Portland sounding name. Luna something. It, it, that's <laughs> what, right. And it, and, and it just reminded me of every coffee house in, in Portland and then not. It, it was, but they have my favorites, avocado toast. I, I love that. Okay. And then they just have good coffee. So. Okay. All right. So, okay. Now, <laughs> now I got to reel myself back into Washington state. All right. Okay. <laughs> we can travel. It's okay. We can travel. Yeah. It's okay. We're exploring. Well, let me ask you those two two, two questions down okay. in Washington. As yeah, a performer, yeah. as a yeah. performer, are there any venues in Washington State that were maybe very enjoyable for you to, to perform as a, you know, as you played around the state? Yeah. Okay. I think one of my favorite stages to play is the Triple Door. Oh, okay. I think so. Because it is just, they have... See, for as a performer, to me, it's important that there's a comfortable backstage. There are a lot of great settings, but usually my, you know, makeup places in the bathroom where everybody comes walking back and forth, you know? So, like, that's that's about as rock star as I am. So, when I get okay. to play the triple door, that's kind of nice. Okay. Um, and I've played there many times, uh, only a few times under my, like, my own name as, like, my show. Mm-hmm. Um, co-billing with other people, uh, but mostly I play the Patsy Cline show there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it incidentally is also a place I love to watch a show because it's okay. Dinner so that's, and that's part show. two of the question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, but besides yeah, the triple sorry. door, yeah, that's all right. You're fine. Yeah. Besides <laughs> the triple door, though, because that's that's a venue okay. that a lot of people name. A lot of people yeah. name the triple door. Yeah. For watching performances. Besides the triple door, uh-huh. is there another venue that you think is a great place to go see an act? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of places, but for me, it's just as much about the act, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'll go wherever the people I want to see are. And if it's a great venue or not a great venue, doesn't really necessarily influence my, my decision. But wouldn't you like, and I'll just pick Garth Brooks because that's a yeah, big yeah. Wouldn't you rather see Garth Brooks in a small venue than at the football stadium? Oh, absolutely. God. Yeah. So if I had a couple I mean, thousand for the tickets, sure. Well, they'd be a couple thousand for the tickets in yeah. Century League, too. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, so that's true. Exactly. Uh, okay. Well, I actually do have one, a, a place that I love, that I actually was, I was blown away with. It wasn't as comfortable seating wise. But the beauty of the venue, the mm-hmm. Abbey up in Seattle. The Abbey. I've not heard of that. Oh, yeah. The Abbey. There are two venues in there. There's the upstairs and the downstairs. Downstairs is kind of like a basement. 
nook. It's cute, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. Upstairs, you have the Abbey vaulted ceilings, and and oh. it's it's a hard room to dial in though because it's so boomy. So anything mm-hmm. acoustic in there, anything soft, will sound really nice. Okay. So yeah, it's that's a really cute little place that. I love quirky places like that where it's like a church turned into a venue or, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, look at the Abbey. Okay. Excellent. That's, um, yeah, these episodes are more for me finding places to go and things to oh, do course. myself. So <laughs> it's, it's all about Scott, but we bouncing around and let's, let's come back to your, your music because currently it looks like you're releasing a single a month. Yes, I am. You said you didn't do any homework. Come on. Well, I didn't do as much as I like to. Oh, okay. Um, let's be <laughs> yeah. honest. Ray told me a lot of this stuff. Well, gotta give he, did say, he did say he talked a lot about me. I'm like, Ray. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so explain to me what was the motivation? <laughs> was, was the pandemic the motivation for a single a month? Because absolutely, absolutely. we're going to go stir crazy and oh, we just need oh, to be yeah. creative. Yeah. Well, not so much that. For me, it's like, I didn't want to be one of those artists that just disappeared during the pandemic because, Oh, well, you know, right. I, I'm like, I, and I, and when people said, yeah, two weeks, you know, I was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, uh-uh. that's not going to happen. So people are like, yeah, we can do live streams for two weeks or okay. Two months. Okay. You know, now nah. I had this feeling it was going to last a lot longer. And, and I've, I looked at it more as an opportunity to dive into things that I had been wanting to do, but hadn't had the time for. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them was producing and recording and writing more music um, to keep putting more music out. And my publicist was like, yay, because she <laughs> loves having new stuff to push to people all the time. Right. And then I was going to do one every other month. Mm-hmm. And I was, I have a coach too. So, we talked things through and she was like, I think you can do one a month. Um, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I fit over a little more than I could chew, but it's fun. You know, <laughs> I do have the songs. They're all ready to go. And uh, <clears throat> I've been trying to match it with a music video every time as well, which is, that's a lot to do. Well, that's, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that was my next question is oh. the, the whole video intimidates me, the idea of pr- mm. producing it and the mm-hmm. editing and et cetera, et cetera. I just think it's this massive amount of work. So how are you, how are you accomplishing this? Are you guys doing the videos yourselves? Are you, yep. are you <laughs> okay? Yep. It's um. <clears throat> so again, pandemic, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> We were, I have planned video shoots for the last six years of, cause I did one in 15, right? I think it was 15, the, the calling me home and it was, it won audience choice award at the Seattle short film and everything. So it was, um, kind of a big deal. I mean, it was, it was a great video. It was really well done. Um, we had a crew of 23 coming in on, 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 you know, the big day and, I was so overwhelmed after that experience that I felt like I could never do videos again because one, it costs so much. And two, how do they make their money back? Like they don't, there's no return on investment. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that's just like mind blowing to me, unless it's one of those things where you just know 
it's one of those, it's kind of like PR. You don't know when it's going to pay off, right? <laughs> you can't measure it. It's unmeasurable. And I hate unmeasurable things. So anyway, fast forward to pandemic. I have all these plans for all these video shoots. And I finally told Tanya, Tanya's my video girl. And finally told her, I said, girl, you know, you're, your uh, brother works at this place, the fairgrounds that we filmed the first one at. Can we get in while it's closed and just walk around? Um, she was like, I'll figure out. And then we just went there because I sing something about a roller coaster in that song. And that okay. got her thinking. And she was like, let's, let's, okay, that sounds like, let's try that. And we grabbed my iPhone, <laughs> which has a really good camera and uh, one of those selfie sticks. Mm-hmm. And she filmed, and my friend Brian, which you've seen on the Hong Kong Happy Hour, he was the cue music, and I sped up the song appropriately, you know, like they do. So they, you speed up the song, you sing it really fast, you slow down the footage and match it to the song, and it looks like you have this like soft way of singing. <laughs> and then I, I dabble in editing. I've edited videos before, not anything professional. But neither, but this wasn't professional. So I edited it. We sat down with it, edited it some more. It was, you know, it's 4K and it sounds and looks amazing. So we just kept going like that. Sometimes is, less is more. It is amazing that those little devices we carry in our pockets are so yeah, amazingly powerful. And anyway, I remember I had like a DV camera, like one of those little cam camcorders. Uh-huh. And I figured, oh, yeah, no, if I want good quality, blah, blah. I was holding on to it until I realized that my <laughs> phone was better than that one. And then I finally tossed it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's just it's just amazing. Crazy. So, I mean, I know it's not like, you know, thousand dollar budgets or anything like that. We just do it. And so we have visuals for the I mean, and this last time. So so. uh so Tanya was supposed to help me with beer run, which is my next release. And mm-hmm. um, this last one, I was like, well, she ended up getting COVID. So she was in quarantine. It's like, darn it. Uh, so I asked Brian again. He has a drone. I said, let's do, let's go to a farm. I know a girl. She has some horses. Let's do full on country. I'm going to wear a floral dress and all. I hate that stuff. I never do that stuff. Um <laughs> And, but I did, and we did, and it looks amazing, and I'm editing it right now. So <laughs> I'm going to go back a song. Okay. Because you, you did a remake of These Boots Are Made For Walking. Mm-hmm. And really what I want to know is, where did you find the jacket and the glasses? <laughs> glasses on Amazon. Because those glasses are pretty cool. <laughs> they are. Do I have them right here? Oh, I do. Hang on. <laughs> okay, I'll wear these as we talk about these boots are made for walking. Here we go. All right. Yeah. And where did you find that jacket? Um, the, was that Amazon too? Yeah, it was. Really? Okay. <laughs> but Cause... I ordered like five fur jackets, faux fur, and um, and I got. <laughs> And I, I tried them all on, and this was the only one I liked, the calico one. I still have it too. Sometimes I, uh, I don't like. I, I, I don't want to ever be that person that buys something for a photo shoot and then 
doesn't remove the tag, but I don't have a big budget. So right. I, sometimes I do. Um, this one I'm keeping because I like it. <laughs> well, I just, I, who did the graphics for this? I did. Did you? Yeah. So Photos just, by Barbara Potter. You were then, just able to really replicate that era to me. Thank you. But not, but not rip it off. And, you know, this is an audio format. So people are like, well, what's he talking about? Oh, I'm going to put a link to it below because it's, it's really awesome. very cool. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So yeah. you. You did that. I do most of my graphics. I do have uh, my, my friend, my best, best friend. One of my best friends is a uh, graphic artist as well. And she okay. helps me with what I'm not very good at is creating logos and mm-hmm. um and really intricate composites and stuff so i don't know thinking back to do you remember warning label where i have the flames behind me and i'm kind of standing with a lighter like it's kind of it's a cool it's a cool photo but barbara okay. took the photo and jackie my friend put the flames behind me because i just wasn't comfortable i couldn't figure out how to make flames look realistic so and you just didn't want to stand with Flames behind you when the I mean, that was the other option, of course. You know, fire extinguisher at the ready. But <laughs> <laughs> we actually, we actually had to think about that in the these boots are made for walking because the other Jessica, who's the one throwing out all this stuff in the video, she um she had to like flick the the cigarette into the barrel, and and we were like, how do we show that? That she's actually burning his stuff, but without it actually going up in flames because we didn't want a fire hazard and we didn't want liability and all that stuff. So it was like kind of interesting. We just chop, toppled the, the lid so that it was like a little bowl, a little water in there, and she could like flick to her heart's content. <laughs> until she got the, until you got the shot. So we got the shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I do most of my graphics, like the easier okay. stuff, easier stuff, as in, well, I did make a composite this time because the the on the cover for these boots are made for walking. I have there's like a blurry picture of me walking, mm-hmm. and then it turns into me actually walking. Um, yes, I did. I did do that, okay. <laughs> so I can do something. No, it just it that really evokes that that period of time. It just okay. really, really did. So you're releasing like like we've said a song in video monthly. Will you put, I hate to use the word album because that just makes me sound older than I am even, but will these be released in some packaging or? Yeah. Okay. And I use the word album all the time. So you're in good Uh, company. Um, It is, (laughs) it is actually still a thing. We call them an album is anything above half an hour or, you know, it's it's from the sizes of the vinyls back in the day. Right. So it's whatever fits on the, so an LP long, long play album um is more i think i think they say more than six songs or more than seven seven songs and up something like that um and it's about what can fit on ep extended play versus lp long play so i still go by those formats to to just like know that what it is that i'm creating and Mm -hmm. yes all these songs i have um i have 12 songs yeah. Okay. Well, that'd be one a month. Exactly. And well, yes. And, um, <laughs> but I'm putting it out in November. So, but there were two, three songs, two songs that were put out in um, 
last year in 2020. So it made okay. me and is that no? And crazy on the outside. Those two were put out in 2020. So they're okay. going on that album too. And then there's 10 months of so November I'm putting out the album and it's going to have a lead, leading single. And so we're pushing the whole bunch of it as an album at the end, right in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-order now. We'll put a link below. Exactly. Honestly, I, I should probably start pre-ordering. Why the heck not? So are you going to, are you going to actually put these, press these on vinyl? Oh, do you? Yeah. I've been thinking about it. It's expensive though. They have a crazy minimum and I mean, God, but what do you, what do you mean by a crazy minimum? What to you is a crazy oh, it, minimum? As in like, you can only, you know, it's 250 as mm -hmm. a minimum. Mm -hmm. And then I don't remember how much they are to press a piece, but it's a lot. Um, but, but I may, because I know a lot of people do like vinyl. It also, here's also the other cost related with that is um, you have to remaster or vinyl so mm -hmm. that would be another thousand bucks right there yeah <laughs> it's like so so you know i i've been thinking about it um but well vinyl is i just wish i wouldn't have got rid of all my my albums of, of my youth yeah actually let me rephrase that i wish i would have taken care of all the albums of my youth um instead of you know treating them like a typical kid did well, it's, I didn't vinyl's actually, big. it's big and it's, it's, it's vinyl's here to stay. Cause that's just a way that some people want to listen to music. Fun, fun uh, fact, my, my, um, my 22 year old friend who is my friend's daughter and she's, she and I are dear friends too. She had to actually teach her peers that you have to actually flip it or something on the other side. <laughs> I thought that was cute. But see, I'm in that weird in-between where I didn't actually have vinyl as a kid. Mm -hmm. I had cassette tapes. That, that was my big thing. And then it morphed into CDs. CDs. So yeah. so I, so vinyl wasn't, I don't have that, you know, big oh, memory of flipping vinyls. I mean, if anything, I should put out cassette tapes because that's more me. But, you know, I get, I get why some people would think that would be cool and or, or like it and and it's a thing they do and and ray and i've even talked about should we start and like should we get a a, a you know a, a record player and because we do have records <laughs> from wherever we found them i don't remember but you know it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's just one of those things that i think there's a sentimental value to it if it was part of your past and it wasn't part of mine. So I have not been prioritizing it. I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing for me. I think for me, the reason that albums versus cassettes are the same thing. Okay. So going back to my youth and I'll just say, you know, an album that everybody's heard of, it'd be like Pink Floyd's dark side of the moon. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody that's, alive and listening to this episodes heard that album whether they like it or not it's irrelevant but you've all, we've all heard it yeah in my opinion that album was designed to be listened start to finish yeah and an album it makes it an album's much harder for me to jump tracks on versus a cassette i can hit fast forward 
if I don't like that song sure. and I go through. So for an album is a different listening experience. Not everything is would be better on vinyl for me, but yeah. And I'm like, that would be awesome to you know, put on, yeah. listen, flip it over, listen, be done. I do think about the order of the songs though. Like that's different from a concept album that needs to kind of go from start. To, it's like an experience, but I mm-hmm. do think about how, if someone puts on my album, whatever form it ends up coming out, even if they just push play on Spotify, listen in order. Right. Um, I do think about what order the songs come in, though. I actually think about that a lot. Like it's that's where I do feel like it's my responsibility to put, take people on some sort of journey through my music. So I still think that that is important. And I spent a lot of time, even as a kid, I was thinking about this stuff because I've always wanted to do this. You know, I've always okay. wanted to be a singer. I've always wanted to be an artist. And I even thought about like, what, how, what, what number is the hit on the CD? Like that, like what number in the, and they, and they're off. They're very rarely the first one and they're very rarely the last one. And then there's something about two, three, seven, eight, something in there. Um, huh. I, I, I looked at that and I listened to that and I compared albums like where did they put them and then also never put anything next to each other in the same key and have it interspersed with fast tempo slow tempo in a certain way not necessarily switch it up all the time sometimes mm-hmm. well I can't because I have way too many up tempo songs so <laughs> so but but striking striking it where the ballads come in you know, and do you end on this like with like a with like a ten, or do you you bring them all the way down with a ballad at the end? Like that's that kind of stuff. So that's how I build my set lists too when I play live. So it's like think about this stuff, right? Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Huh. You threw me with the set list because you know I never. I mean, the album thing I thought about. Okay, how do you do this? But a set list is more like. I guess that makes sense. So how that do you want the audience to I put even react? more work into. <laughs> yeah, do, do you want to give the audience a break here so they can, you know, go get another beer or. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's my job to never give them a break. Okay. <laughs> I heard Reba. So I took Reba's ma- masterclass actually. And I heard her talk oh. about how she put her set list together. And I think this is a little unfair. I don't actually agree with her on this, but I'm going to repeat what she said. Anyway, um, she said, she would be watching the audience as they were going through their set list. And if one song, I think she, it had to be more than just one show, but if she started seeing more people kind of get up and go to the bathrooms during one of their songs, that song was out and something else had to come in. So, or, or, or moved around or something like that because it was her job to keep them engaged. That's how she was looking at it. And I think it's unfair to say just because that's the time of the night when people want to go to the bathroom is like, they, <laughs> maybe that's a little much, but that if they're all doing it at the same time, then, you know, maybe, maybe there's something about that song. So I would hope that wouldn't be just a one. Yeah. Based on one night, you know, the song yeah, gets pulled no, exactly. because of, what I was know, thinking. you had a bad Ooh, Thursday much. evening, but I could imagine if three songs in a row and it's always that same song, people decide, Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom on this one. Uh, yeah. Why have it in there then? 
it's an interesting thought, right? I mean, no, that is interesting. You know, like, like I said before, you know, I'm not been allowed on stages. Um, just not <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I've never so, had to think about this. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and I would, I would also think about like, well, I can't necessarily like the way that I rehearse with my band, we rehearse one set list, like the same songs. And that's what we play all summer. So even though I have a bunch of other songs that we're not playing, this is what I learned with my band. I'm not going to take a song out to bring another one on them mid season. That makes no sense at all. Um, but I might change songs around to see, you know, what happens. Um, and then that messes with another thing that we look at a lot is transitions. Like, how do you go from one song to the next? When do you talk? When do you stop to talk? When does one song kind of morph into another? Well, let me a ask lot you this of then, stuff, right? Because <laughs> I have this, I, I, this is my personal pet peeve. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't offend you. I don't think it will offend you, but hopefully I'm not trying to. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. I understand that when, as a, as a performer, you're going up there and you're playing the same, same chords, same notes, same lyrics. You're not changing the lyrics up on Thursday night. You're singing the same lyrics on Thursday as you did on Wednesday and Friday. I mean, I get that. But I have seen performers and I won't name names, but very famous performer. We saw them in Spokane. Uh-huh. Great show. Well, musically, the band was amazing. Performer, yeah, a little, little underwhelmed with the, with the singer. And then I watched a DVD from that performer. Jokes were the exact same. Just the names uh, of the cities were changed. The yeah. Cigarette break was the same. Everything. It was the whole from walking Scripted. out on stage. It was so, so scripted. And I warned you that this would be like a Grateful Dead show. And so I tend to like the the chaotic and randomness of a performance. But as a performer, you just said you, you were going to keep the same set list mm-hmm. for, the, for the season. Yeah. How can you, what can you do to provide some, I don't want to say authenticity because that's not the right word, but do you, how do you mix it? Do you mix it up? Or are you? playing the same thing every night, the same way. How do you do that? Well, I don't script my shit, but what I talk about, that's okay. one thing. Cause I know I I've, uh, I've seen, I haven't actually sat through a full performance of Brandy Carlisle, but I've heard mm-hmm. enough people who have to know that she does the, she has been at least for a long time doing the exact same thing. Now, mm-hmm. if I went out one season with one scripted show, and the next season I rescript that to me would be okay. But, um, because sometimes, because, well, I'm not great with my stage banter. It's actually harder okay. than playing the music for me. So, okay. so when I have to stand there and I have to talk to people, I have to remember who to thank. I have to remember to do this. I have to remember to say this, you know, it's like, there's, it's, <laughs> it can get a little overwhelming. So I sometimes write down, this is my time. This is when I talk about this. This is when I talk about this. But I don't have a joke that I tell every time. I don't have, you know, I don't script it like that. I really don't. But the music, the way we play the music, if we play a certain song longer, it's most likely planned. Less is to this- less reason, less opportunities for all for us to fall flat on our butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this 
one I'm referencing was so, um, yeah, it was so scripted. I mean, just, and there was a lot of multimedia going on and, and I get that if you're going to have multimedia behind you, you can't go, you know, off script and, and have that sync mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, one time I, I saw the Grateful Dead play down in Eugene and the opening band uh, was Little Feet. Mm-hmm. And um, saw him for two nights in a row and Little Feet's sets were the exact same both days in a row with the same jokes. And it was like, <sighs> see, and this it is the thing. F- oh, sorry, I would go back for the same music, but the same jokes that would annoy me. Well, and it's like, you just feel like, um, I don't know, as, as a, in my perception is being in the audience, it's like, are they even enjoying what they're doing? Cause I know it's work. I know I, I well, I don't know. I, I believe based on all my friends that are musicians, they keep telling me how hard this is and that uh, it's work. It's yeah. not just fun. Yeah. And so I get it. But for me, I'd want to be able to somehow find some connection with the audience differently, I guess. And maybe I'm completely, completely wrong. Cause like I said, I'm not allowed on stages, so I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think it's to each their own. Um, if you look at, um, I mean, from, from, from my perspective, I think, I think it would bore me to script my show out completely, say the same thing mm-hmm. in the same way, then I might as well be in theater. Right. Yeah. I mean, then I might as well be a, you know, if I'm going to have a script and adhere to it, I'm no, I'm no actor. I'm just, I'm then not good at that. So if I have to remember my lines, I have a hard enough time remembering my own damn lyrics. <laughs> so, so if I also have to remember lines, no. I, and I, and it takes the, it takes that um, to me, it would take the connection away from being able to communicate directly with who's in the audience rather than just saying something out to a crowd. Right. But I will no. also say that for some people, I think it can take that pressure away and actually yeah. help them enjoy what they're doing. Because, like okay. I said, stage banter can be really, really, really hard to do. And you don't want moments of silence. That's the worst. So, okay. yeah. So there, there might I appreciate be, that. that, in, that it's just a thought that that might be why. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Takes the I mean, pressure off. They don't, have to, they don't have to come up with new stuff every time. Okay. Yeah. So, well, speaking uh, of new stuff. Yeah. You have, you have a, a new a new um, song coming out here Friday. before this episode is released, but after we're recording it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the new song? Sure. So um, this is this is a song that it's very country this time. Like there's fiddles and all sorts of stuff going on in there. It's got a little swing to it. Um. This is a song about domestic abuse, actually. And that is a, that's a cause that's really close to my heart. I was in an abusive relationship once. And, um, and, and this, think Thelma and Louise, or Goodbye Earl, depending on which suits your fancy. It's that kind of song. So it's a little tongue-in-cheek. It's a little light on a very deep subject. Okay. So it's called Beer Run, and the scope of it is... He went on a beer run and never came home. That's the story we're telling. <laughs> so okay. that's the idea, right? So it's 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 those tight knit 
girlfriends that finally decides in one way or another to get rid of the abusive husband or whatever. So, right. so it's kind of, that's my, my, ver- my goodbye rule song. So <laughs> like my version of that. Um, and I, I want to say, I do not condone murder. So that's, you know, not what we're talking about, but is it? Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's as far as you can possibly go, I think in a country song and, um, and proceeds from this song will be going to a domestic violence charity. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that I do something. Well, it's an, it's an opportunity for me to do something with that song and put some focus on domestic abuse. So. And you're going to have a video for this as well. Yes. This and is will the that be... farm one. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. The farm. That's yeah. right. Okay. And so this will be released at the same time the single is released. Hopefully. I'm right now editing it. And if I don't make it on time, I am not going to push myself. So okay. it's the plan is to put it out on Friday, but it might, I might wait another week just depending on okay. where, you know, where I'm at in the process. Like, so, like so I said, like, case, we got, we got kind of, we kind of had to find another way around this video. So it's a little later than the others. <laughs> in either case. Yeah. Both the video and the song will be released when this episode goes live. So yes. we'll put a link below somewhere on the page. Yeah. They can okay. Listen to That'd it. be cool. So normally we'd love to ask people, you know, but we, we, we kind of skipped around. We let you talk about Nashville, but when you're not doing music, what do you, what do you like to do? And, things around the Tacoma area. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you do? What else do I do? Actually, I spend a lot of time at home. I, uh, I, I, I like cooking and I like, you know, fixing up my little garden. We have what we call the WTCL, the white trash cigar lounge out back. And it's, it's a Walmart tent with, you know, plastic chairs. So it's very, very high end. And, okay. <laughs> and we sit there a lot and just, you know, we have our friends come over and we sit and talk and just lots of conversations. Um, yeah. Well, I that's mean, kind of a spin on your, your, uh, your YouTube channel stuff. The, yeah. uh, the, the honky tonk happy hour, which is the white trash wine lounge, which is, no- <laughs> so we just put WT in front of everything in this house. It's great. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it started with the cigar lounge out back because Ray smokes cigars and he loves smoking cigars. And Brian, who, our roommate, smokes cigars. And um, it's it's kind of like how we used to hang out at Smokey Joe's a lot. Okay. Do you know where that is? I, the, on top of BJ's Bingo down in Fife? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So there's yeah, like yeah. a little, it used to be kind of hidden and it was not very fancy and it was not very big. And mm-hmm. we would hang out there all the time and that was before we started really like hanging out in our backyard Mm -hmm. um we don't go there as much anymore it's just like the clientele has changed and they opened it up and there's a lot more room and they're opening up even more and there's going to be a steakhouse and all sorts of stuff which is okay might be fun to come back to but that's that used to be our spot so after a um you know after after a show if we were playing a show we'd all meet up there afterwards that's kind of like that okay. was like our thing and pandemic after the pandemic all that stuff just was kind of like now what you know 
So right. I don't I don't even know where I like to hang out in Tacoma anymore. <laughs> Cuz we haven't been able to, right? Right, that's that's very true. And Tacoma's changed so much in the last few years. Um, yeah. I do like McMinimins though, the new McMinimins, it's nice. I have not been in there yet and I grew up in Tacoma. And so that, you know, the the Elks Lodge and the Old City Hall were they're such cool buildings. They are. And I'm glad they saved I'm, it. Yes. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting over there and taking a look at it. I yeah. just, I just haven't done that yet. Yeah. So we'll wrap this up so we can get you back to video editing. Yeah. I um, need to finish that video. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find out more about you? Where can they listen to your music? And I'll let you kind of, Yeah. Promo time. Go for Go. it. Promo time. Shameless self-promotion. Here we go. There we go. It's, yeah. Um, so if you go to jessicalinwitty.com, you can basically find everything from there. Um, but I am on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. I even have a Patreon, which is a membership platform where you get all the behind-the-scenes stuff and you get to hear all my music beforehand and stuff like that. So that's fun. Um, and then, of course, we have the Rebels fan group fan club group on Facebook. Um, so it's Jessica Lynn Whitty's rebels that so you can find it all. Well, there. Elaborate on that. I, I'm not, like I said, I huh. didn't, didn't do research before. So you threw oh, me. Oh yeah. So what so, is this? Oh, actually I thought you knew because you mentioned the honky tonk happy hour, which is where we used to do the, the oh. honky no, tonk I happy just, hours on that group. So I'm on your page on on Facebook and you've got this uh, honky talk ha- happy hour now is live on YouTube. So I, I went and was watching it. So I, that's yes. how I found out. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So we morphed over to YouTube and Twitch on that. So the, but the group still exists. So I have a, just a, a Facebook group where you just have to request to join. It's free and where you can kind of like, I'm, I'm a little more active in there talking to people and, and, and sharing, sharing everything. So yeah, it's fun. Well, thank you so much for being on. This was great. I, uh, Thanks I, uh, for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. And uh, wish you all the continued success. Thank you so much. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.